Well, everybody knows I'm a hydro homie. So where do I go for my hydration? Hoist. Check them out. No, that's terrible. I can't do that. No, that's the best. You have to keep it. No. Hoist is no. uh, Hoist is one of our favorite partners. They're some of the world's best humans work over at Hoist. Uh, it's no surprise that they're also from Ohio, a lot of them. So no big deal. Shout out Ohio. Hoist is one of the only three beverages that's actually approved in the DOD for rehydration. So you've got some rehydration salts, which generally suck. They taste terrible. You've got some other no-name beverage, I don't Gator or something. I don't even know. But then you have Hoist. Hoist is actually good. For you, you can drink it intra-workout, you can drink it pre-workout, you can drink it post-workout. Maybe you just had a little bit of uh, extra celebration the night before and you need to reset the next morning and start your hydration off right. Man, Hoist is there for you. It comes in pre-mix. My personal favorite is it has powders that you can just throw in a pocket. You can throw in any water bottle that you got. You should give it a quick shake and you've got hydration on the way. It literally makes you feel better almost right away. If you feel that little headache coming on, you feel like you're a little bit dehydrated. Man, you throw a hoist in, you're you're living your life for sure. Orange, favorite flavor. Dragon fruit, second favorite. Fruit punch in the in the um, packets, fantastic. My absolute favorite. Trent, what's your favorite packet mix? Um, I don't know. Lemonade. I don't really go for the packets. I'm a I'm a full bottle type of guy. If I'm honest, nice. Uh, but uh, anytime that I I'm changing environments, especially, and I think this is important for people that are are entering the pipeline or, or things like that. If I'm going higher elevation or if I'm going to a hotter place than I am right now or more humid, like hoist is my jam. I have to have it with me because uh, when you get that first workout in, in that new environment and you're more dehydrated than usual, like that, it says IV level hydration, which when I first saw it, I was super skeptical of, but man, once I started drinking that stuff, I- I'm on board. I'm a full believer. Can't live my life without hoist. What's great is there a code yeah. for this, Jared? Like, too. There is a code for this. It's, it's one's ready. Um, real quick before our code, though, like kids like it. My kids, especially my son, mm-hmm. love it. He's 11, and he actually goes through it more than I do, which is unfortunate because I'll go down in the morning, and I like to pound a freaking uh, a hoist right off the bat because I work out in the morning, and uh, sometimes they're gone. So he drinks them all. <laughs> but, yeah, check them well, out. Lucky for uh, you. Drink- yeah, it sucks for me, but uh, so it just means I got to get more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, drinkhoist.com, use the promo codes when's ready and get yourself a discount and uh, go support Hoist. Yeah, awesome people. Plenty of variety packs, plenty of plenty of flavors, strawberry lemonade, orange, peach mango, blue raspberry just hit the shelf. So yep, drinkhoist.com, use our code when's ready at checkout. It's amazing. Go get yourself some hydration. You got to support them so they don't have to go back to Ohio too. So support the... Uh... <laughs> folks that escaped that's the that's the actual goal is they're just trying to get out of ohio that's that's the only goal they came up with an entire hydration system just to get out of southern ohio are we recording so if you yeah we are recording we're sitting here we're talking we might as well record it who knows what gold can come out of this you got any you got any advice that you want to throw out to anybody while we're sitting here or what i don't i don't think so i think uh what we just got done with a podcast and, and one of the things that, you know, like you always finish recording and there, there are things that you wanted to get to that you just don't have time to get to or you have a thought that you don't get to. Uh, yeah. And and our last uh, our last guest was talking about the difference between conventional and soft. And I think people have maybe questions about what's what's the difference, especially if you're like a TACP, why would you go soft side and all these other things? And Absolutely. it's just like yeah. a, a a level of individual risk and responsibility, you know, and the, the higher the the risk and responsibility, the, the, you know, I'm not saying they're different people, but you it affects the way you act. It affects the way you approach things. So that was the, the only thing that came out of the last podcast that I didn't really get to. What about you? Advice? It does. Advice? 
Well, I don't know if I have advice, but I, I kind of want to expound on that because it ties into a lot of the things that, that we're talking about. There's this misconception of how soft is used, and we got it from the last 20 years of GWAT. We've said it a million times, the supporting, supported, or who's the primary focus of the fight. For so long, soft is supposed to be a scalpel, not a hammer. We have used a million scalpels over GWAT. We, we made, it's a, a scrubs reference, but you know we've used the knife wrench for too long. Um, when we really should be using a single tool, right? We made soft do all of these things. The fact that the Navy went to Afghanistan and did ground operations for 20 years in Afghanistan as their primary kind of AOR is just wild. You know, I don't know if you're all, you're, you're tracking. I know you've been to Afghanistan, not a lot of water there, not a lot of maritime missions. So when we start talking about, you know, kind of getting back to how we're supposed to use things, at least from a doctrinal sense, right? When we start talking about where is, where are we going in the military and, you know, the, the soft question kind of folds into that. People have a misconception about what soft is, that we're always out there with kinetic effects and we're on the front lines of everything and everything is soft, soft, soft all the time. You got so used to hearing, you know, in a soft operation, the number two Al-Qaeda um, terrorist was killed today or the number two ISIS terrorist was killed today in a soft operation. That is not how it's supposed to be. We've had so much drift away from, you know, large scale operations and using soft for specific, you know, clandestine or, or sometimes covert operations, you're supposed to be uh, not in the news. And, and people are, are now reorienting kind of to that fact. And people, you know, to your point, people are going to have to realize really what that soft is. Again, those small teams of people that don't do things for their own self-aggrandization, they do things that are, you know, may never see the light of day. And that's kind of where we're moving back to. We're re-baselining. You know, the Navy is, you know, full on focus back to the, that maritime environment and the, the Marines with their littoral space, you know, the Army ground combat operations and irregular warfare. Everybody's really getting back to, to basics here. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm not going to see a ton of it. And, you know, neither, neither will you because we're kind of at the end here. But kind of that, that re-baselining of how is it that we're supposed to use these forces? It's, it's interesting, and it's a, a conversation that, that we have to have, but it's, it also leads to consternation, right? Because if you have this, oh, well, SOF is supposed to drop bombs and kill people, and we should hear about them every night, and black helicopters fly everywhere all the time. You know, you, you get that idea for what it's supposed to be, and then poof, your expectations are not met when you're, when you're going and doing these other missions that we're doing, you know? Um, it's just, wild. it's interesting and it's interesting to talk to our guests, especially the strategic leaders that we talk to, because they get it. They're like this, this was never supposed to be a thing. The sustained operations that we've had for 20 years, really not supposed to be a thing. Well, and what, what people don't realize is the expectations on the, the individual don't change. Right. So like if you're, mm -hmm. if you're designed and, and, and all your training is designed for you to go do a specific thing and they're fairly short term short-term operations typically i'm not saying that they're not ready for like longer sustained operations but then you take mm -hmm. those people and you put them in a place for six months at a time and then they come home for a few months and then you send them out again and then they come home for you know a few months and you send them out again in their their mind and as a unit and as a culture the intensity that they bring is going to be the same and so you're just going to mm -hmm. you're just going to burn those folks out like it's not designed for that it's designed to like mm -hmm. come in super intense get the job done and then leave you know, I don't have eight other dudes behind me that are waiting in the wings to do the same job I do. Like, I don't get days off right. when I'm deployed, you know, like that type of thing. So it's just different. And so I think getting back to that and then getting, you know, the career field where it should be and, and getting it healthier again. And, th and then one other thing, like I never worried about whether I was like the 
the supported or the supportee or what where I fell on the the edge of that spear, tip of the spear, whatever nonsense. You know, like in Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down, I know it's 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 silly, but when the guy says like, I, I think I was trying to make a difference, mm-hmm. that always stuck with me. Like I'm I'm here to help accomplish the mission. I don't I don't care about right. what shiny things I get when I get home. I don't care if I'm in the news. I don't care about you know the most Gucciest of war stories or whatever. Like did did I make a difference? And did we accomplish the mission? Mm-hmm. Then good. That that's what it's all about. Right. And it's being able to, to even recognize that that's a hard thing that I have to talk. Even some of my, you know, middle, middle tier leaders, those E5, those senior E6, junior E7s, there's definitely a, a period here where they're like, what do we even do? What are we doing here? And, you know, it's on us as, you know, kind of like senior leaders is, is to, to lay out like, Hey, here is what mission accomplishment looks like. It might not look like mission accomplishment looked the last 10 years, maybe even the last two years. It might look completely different, but you need to, you need to understand for your own benefit to, to protect your own burnout, to protect your own cynicism from creeping up because it's real easy. Once you lose sight of what it is that you're doing or, or mission accomplishment or what that means, it is really easy to get, you know, cynical and just absolutely over it. Uh, do, have you ever been close to, to true burnout where you're just like, throw your hands throw the papers up in the air and just be like, whatever. I, I know I... Typically for me, it's the deployments. It's usually right about month four, month four and a half. You know, I'm not really learning anything new. I know all the ins and outs and who I need to talk to and all of those little pathways that you need to build. But unless it's like super, super intense, I'm not learning anything new at that point. It's not close enough to where you can start a countdown. And it's kind of in those doldrums. That's where I have to be like on my, on my game and be like, Hey, put your head down, get through this and, and, you know, manage, manage yourself what's your four month period? Do you have one? No, like I, I had a period in my career where I felt like I was alone. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I wasn't mm-hmm. taking care of things at home. Uh, the, the, yeah. the people at the unit I was at weren't understanding where I was coming from. And I was, you know, I, it, it was one of those things where like I'd done back to back rotations and they sent me off to do work with some other people and it was just stressful. And, you know, like you go back to your unit and you expect a little support and they're just like, oh, like they want to criticize what you're doing, you know, like, and I, it's just like, mm-hmm. I just have enough energy left. So like after yeah. two rotations and then, and then doing the Criff thing, like I just remember driving down the road one day and just like, yeah, I felt like I was going 160 down the road and I, you know what? The car was getting a little floaty. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. 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 I totally I, I get think, it. I think we there. all get there. I think so too. I used to, to joke with the instructors that burnout of the schoolhouse was a, was a, a big thing, right? Like that was one of the, yep. the things that we tried to combat for the instructors. You know, we did a bunch of different things like shortening the, the tour from four years to three years with an option for four and a bunch of other things. But somebody finally explained it to me in a way that, that I could understand it um, to prevent, you know, burnout. Cause re- usually burnout comes from that, gr- that feeling of groundhog day, right? I keep doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, you can be home. It's easy to do this when you're deployed, right? Because deployed, it's every single day is the exact same. It's, you know, hours and hours of mundane boredom spiced up with moments of sheer terror. That's what every deployment is, right? It's these long periods of inactivity. And then like these moments of death-defying antics and hilarious hijinks uh, that tend to follow in in those sort of environments, you know what I mean? Um, but somebody described it to me. I said, you know, I can see how somebody gets burnt out here because these these guys, because I'm speaking specifically about the all-male population of, of my time and context at Kirtland, but these guys, 
they don't get it, man. I keep having to tell them the same thing. And the guy was like, well, hold on. You're not telling the same guy the same thing. You're telling a bunch of different people the same thing. And you're teaching them that lesson. They are not, it's not like they're resisting your information. You just have to repeat yourself. That's a you problem, not a them problem. It's not a problem with the entire community. You think it's the entire community. It's not. You're tired of giving the same energy to people. And that's how I can tell that you are probably ready to, to go on to the next assignment. And I was like, wow, that, that really changed how I kind of look at, at burnout and, and stuff. Do I get, you know, do I get upset or do I get some, you know, frustrated or, you know, if I'm not having the best day and people are just flowing in my door all day long to the point where I can't get any work done. Yeah, it's frustrating. But you know what? The people that walk in that door, they deserve to not have me frustrated. They deserve my level best because they came to me with a problem and I can't afford to be poo poo with them. I can't afford to be not my best because they need it. And you know, that I may be checked out for that day. I may be overcome by events and at my mental capacity for that day, but it doesn't matter to them. They, they need, you know, help and work. Well, and it helps when, when you know the individuals and you individualize the people as opposed mm-hmm. to just considering everybody a problem, you know, it's easy yeah, to just, fall yeah. into everybody's a problem side of the fence, but you mm-hmm. know, same thing when you're an instructor, right? You're going to feel like, it's Groundhog Day and they're the same thing happening over and over again. If you don't take any time to like look at the students, maybe have like some short conversations with them and realize like who they are. I mean, just asking them where they come from, you know, mm-hmm. and, and finding ways to like unlock those you know, pathways in their brains to learning and, and getting the outcomes that you want out of them and taking pride in that. But like if you're just like, hey, 40 more cones showed up and I'm going to train them for three months and that's just the way it is. And like, are you really getting the most out of it? You know, are you really training mm-hmm. to the, the best of your ability? Are, are you getting tired of this or are you just not putting in, you know, and it, it's not like an effort thing. It's just like a, finding a way to make it make sense to you, you know, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's part discipline. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like a dumb thing, but I get up on my first alarm clock ring now. And it's one of those things where I was like, okay, let me try this thing. Don't hit snooze. If the alarm goes off, just get up, get out of bed. That's the time you wanted to get out of bed. But that discipline has now given me freedom because now it's, I'm not tired in the morning. The alarm clock goes off and I'm just, I've gotten in the habit of just waking up. If you can, if you can make those habits, those benefits, you know, like now when I see a group of new three levels get to the unit, I'm like, all right, get your mind right. We're doing a bunch of three level training over this winter at, you know, at our spot, guess what we're doing? the basics battle drill four battle drill three that is it basics we are just going to walk through things and people are going to get really good at doing the basics and you just got to lean into it you know i've used this quote before my one of my favorite op soups of all time wild bill adams can't get out of it might as well get into it yeah well and yeah you know that there comes a point when you have to be the one preaching everybody that sharpening the the basics is maybe the most important thing you know and then get that mm-hmm. drilled into your fives and sixes because it is, you do get tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Sometimes it's like, dude, I've done this. I don't know how many times it's like, do it again, get sharper, you know, throw mm-hmm. that, you know, the guy that throws the kick 8,000 times versus the guy that, you know, throws it 200 times and moves on to punching and all that other stuff. Like, nah, bro, you, that's your primary weapon. There's, there's still stuff to learn. Don't think there's not more stuff to learn. So yep. I think that's where as like a senior NCO, that's your role is to come in and, and, and set, you know, some perspective and, and context to everything that's, that's happening. And, you know, your E5s and E6s might be like, well, this is still stupid. 
but I'm going to go do it. You know, like maybe it sets in with them a little bit later and they actually do work on it. Yeah. And for everybody that's in the pipeline right now, this applies to you too. Cause I, I can, yeah. I totally get, I am totally sympathetic to you getting burnt out day after day. There's only so many times that you can eat the same peanut butter and jelly sandwich and roll out in the same mat room with the same smelly people. Cause you all smell down there. I'm sorry. You just smell like student. It's just a thing. Sorry. It's never better. It is. It's that's reality. It is. It's just a thing. You're, you're just, you're just working out hard all day, but I, I am totally sympathetic to everybody out there just getting, you know, over it, just done with having to work every single, every single day. Um, but there are ways that you can combat that, like just breaking the cycle of, you know, a different place for dinner or going on a different run can kind of like refocus you to those areas. What did you used to do in the, in your, in your pipeline or in your training to kind of reset yourself? Did you have, cause I had a very specific, like, I'm going to go do these things in this order and I'm going to like take a little day for myself. Did you have any like special self-care stuff that you did to keep yourself focused in the pipeline? Uh, when I was, when I was like training up, cause obviously my, my, situation was different i don't mm-hmm. i don't think so when i was when i was training mode to tr- get over to the soft side i was pretty motivated so right uh, what about now do you have anything now where you're like all right hard reset i'm gonna go like for me i'll go like on a in a weekend go get some body work done so like a good like a uh, deep tissue massage get like a float or a, a cold tub action going on. And then I'm just, I'm ready, like a you know, longer cardio session. And then I'm ready to, to get back after it. Usually that's my, my hard reset. Yeah. When, when I was a, an instructor at Keesler, I, I was getting to a point where things weren't very good for me. And I just started, I needed some alone time, you know, just me time working on me and not running mm-hmm. the students and not working out with students and not doing all these other things. And so I just started waking up, you know, two hours earlier, I'd go on base and I'd run the flight line by myself. And it was nice because yep. there wasn't a pace I had to keep. There wasn't any of that. That was like actually the beginning of my my uh, understanding of, of true aerobic capacity and mm-hmm. uh, zone two type stuff. Uh, so and that that really helped me out is just to have that run for me and, and nobody mm-hmm. else. And then, you know, I'd go run the students later and I ended up getting in pretty ridiculous shape. But I just needed right. that time yeah. to think, you know, like it's dark. You throw the hoodie on yep. and just start stepping out. Yeah, that's I've I've always worked out in the morning, um, partially because it's the only part of my day that I really own. Like if I tried to wait until I got to work and then just try to fit a workout in or wait until the end of the day, I would never work out. It just would not happen. But the other thing that I really like is I typically wake up pretty early. I'm typically in the gym before everybody else. It's not to prove a point. It's because I like being alone. I like being alone. I haven't trained with a workout partner in forever. But those, those periods of time in the morning, it's a time for me to, you know, get up and orient my day and I get my workout done. And usually I'm in the office, you know, I'm in my office getting work done by, you know, eight, eight thirty in the morning after a solid, you know, two hours in the gym. Um, I, I need that time. I need that time to like get ahead because nobody's working then either. I get about an hour of time. If I'm at my desk at eight, I get about an hour of time to where I can just work, you catch up on my inbox get my to-do list sorted for the day and, and find a way to go forward. Um, because like that, actually that, you know, if we talk about a, a social battery being alone and just being able to crush a workout or, you know, crush a workout, you know, K-Dub is, is always there props to him. I, I don't know how many times we've referenced him in the last like two weeks, but that guy's like the most famous dude on the face of the planet. We got to get him on. Um, 
but yeah, like, you know, when he's working out, he's doing his own workout. I'm doing my own workout and, you know, we fist bump after a PR or something and, and that's about it. But man, I, I really value that time in the morning as a time to reflect and, and be alone. I think people, people have this uh, misconception that you have to be on all the time. Like a lot of my time is focused on me being, you know, I'm a pretty introverted dude. I'm an extroverted introvert, if, if that makes any sense, but I need that time to recharge my own batteries. Yeah. And, and you got to step outside your daily routine sometimes, right? Like I have a list of, of a few people that I'll call once a month or twice a month on my way home from work, right? Like people mm-hmm. from my past or people that I find interesting and, and that, you know, are always good conversations. And it's nice, you know, cause it, instead of just the grind of like, go to work, come home, kids, wife, which was, uh, it's all enjoyable, right? But it can, mm-hmm. it's a grind, but it's work and it's, 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 it's the yeah. same thing. And uh, just to like, you know, call someone in another state that's doing something totally different that has different perspectives. And like, you have shared memories that you can laugh about and you know, we might tell the same story, you know, every single time and laugh about it, but it's just like, it gets me out of my, my groove that I'm in, uh, you know, gets me back mm-hmm. on, on top of the wax so I can look around and see what's actually out there instead of just getting stuck with my blinders on. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a, uh, something that leads to burnout too, that we were kind of talking about earlier and you really need to like change your mindset on this is it really is hard to go from work where you're working. You know, I, I used to come home when my kids were really little, I'd come home and you know, the, the classic statement is like, Hey, I've been with the kids all day here. You, you take it. You haven't had to deal with the kids. I'm going to go take a break. And it's really easy for you to be able to, to look at your spouse and just be like, right. But when's my break? Like I was at work all day. Yeah. I've been at work since five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to come Like I didn't, I didn't get a break. I came home to, you know, take care of the kids. Like, unless you're having like very, very pointed conversations. Like you have to be really clear with your spouse about what you need and and how it is that you can refill. Like that's an easy way to to feel burnt out. Like as a whole family unit, as a, as a you know, because you know the spouse gets a, a voice in that too. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like everything else. There's ebbs and flows and highs and lows and yada yada. But yeah, you know, it's just life, right. and that, that's the that's the thing. Is. Is if you if you come at the, the pipeline and life and anything else. And you expect it all to be sunshine and rainbows. And you have like these solid plans that you expect to, to happen. You know, like, I think that's why we laugh at the, well, I'm thinking about joining a security forces, then going PJ, then going to work for the agency, you know, and then going out and contracting. And it's like, mm-hmm. yo, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yo, we, yeah. Do you understand the time commitment? Like for a theory? Sure. Like that sounds great. Like Navy seal, doctor, astronaut, whatever. Cool. Uh, but you don't understand the absolute havoc that that is going to play on your life. The people that can do that are truly like generationally talented. Like they're, they're just different people. Or it's, it's, it's whatever. Like, I don't think like we had a RJ Casey on, right. Who did, you know, mm-hmm. 16 different careers, but I don't Everything, think that he right. was like 17 years old. And it was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like right. he did something and he got what he wanted out of it. And he's like, there's an op- another opportunity over here. I'm going to jump into this other opportunity. And then he goes over there and he crushes it. And he's like, Hey, there's this other thing over here where I can expand my skill set and go over there. That looks interesting. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't, right. I don't think he, I don't think 17 year old RJ was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to end up, you know, working no. on movies later on in life and being who I am. Yeah. That's, that's more about being open to opportunities and starting with yes. One thing I will say about RJ is that he always starts with yes. Every single time I've ever talked to him on the phone, he's like, you know what, Aaron, here's an opportunity. This is a, this is a thing. I want you to look at this thing. I'm going to look at this thing. I think there's an opportunity here. And that's just how he frames literally everything. So when you look at, you know, his career, he's just said yes to a bunch of things. Yep. So yeah, there you go. 
And that'll get you further Speak. than everything else. I mean, that's how we got here. I just said yes to a bunch yeah. of stupid stuff. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. I'm going to go watch some uh, Browns football as I want to do on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you got anything else? Any parting shots for this random thing that we just decided to hop on and report? No, no. I, uh, the, the gym that I go to now, I started going to a new gym and they have a like, sports center on every morning. And so, like, nice. now I'm, like, waiting. I'll, like, actually pay attention to see if the Browns lost. And I think they won last week. So, like, I didn't send you an angry text did. or a mean text or whatever. And that's, that's and literally the I'm... only reason that I know what's happening in the world of sports. It's uh, currently in the third. They're 10-10 to 10 in Atlanta. A lot of their defensive personnel are out. So, I didn't bet on them this week. Uh, manage your gambling appropriately if you have a problem. But, uh, yeah, let's hope the Browns pull it out. So, uh Go Browns. Thanks for everybody for listening. Talked about burnout and like a lot of other stuff. So there you go. Like, subscribe, hit the bell. We'll put this out whenever. We didn't even tell Peaches we were doing it. So I didn't know we were doing it. Don't drink water from Ohio, kids.